And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the future. Here comes Luca. Even losses feel like wins. When you're with your good friend Tim, it's 77 minutes in heaven. Hello, this is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that does not take prompts from anyone, including you, Mike Pellucci. Mike Pellucci really wanted us to be the only Mavs podcast that did not trade for five first round picks. Five second round picks, I should say. Um, but the prompts, they come from my heart. They come from my soul. You can't just tell me what it's going to be. That's not how it works, Mike Pellucci. I'm Tim Cato. I'd rather talk about the Mavericks. I'm in a California hotel room. Um, so apologies if my audio sounds a little more echoey or something to that effect. I'm sure it does. I uh, don't have my uh, quite heavy laptop uh, microphone with me. Uh, we got Mike Pellucci, uh, who should sound better, uh, whose audio I was messing up on my own, and we're having all sorts of audio problems. Uh, we got Austin Gurria, who was just in a uh, spectacular audio setting, uh, recording a little live show with the Mavericks. Um, definitely check that out. Where's that going up, Austin? Where's that going to be public? YouTube? YouTube? Studio YouTube. 41 YouTube, YouTube channel? Studio 41 YouTube channel. Studio 41 YouTube. We just did a whole trade. De- if you want all the trade deadline, all- we did every trade. We went through all of them. Even the Bruno Fernandez trade, which everyone is so hot about. I mean, the Marquis, uh, the Marquis trade of the past uh, you know, 72 hours, if you ask me. I mean, I have a spreadsheet that lists them all. I, I can I can share. Sure. <laughs> let's just let's just start with vibe check. Um, you know the Mavericks. Uh, Kyrie Irving made his Mavericks debut Wednesday night. The Thursday NBA trade deadline has passed. The Mavericks did not make further moves. Um, they did not trade for five second round picks. They did not have five second round picks to trade. Mike Pellucci, what are the vibes right now? Uh, I would say lukewarm. You know, I mean, they made their big move. They did the big thing. And uh, I think we went over Kyrie a bunch on Sunday, obviously. Tim, you wrote about it. I wrote about it. Zach Crane wrote about it also at D Magazine. I think the assumption was that there's going to be more coming uh, because that roster was a little bit uh, incomplete, not even just in terms of talent, but just in terms of balance. And when that didn't come, uh, I feel a little a little nonplussed looking at this thing. It's not a disaster. It's not the end of the world. I think the buyout market's going to be a little more robust than most years and maybe Dallas takes advantage of that. But certainly I think we were, you know, on Sunday night, all of us were of the mind of, okay, then let's see what they do before the end of the week. And uh, this was it. Vibe check, Austin. I think the vibes are pretty good. I think, you know, the two non-Luka games back-to-back after this trade, after there was so much consternation, rightfully so, about the Kyrie trade, this, this team continues to be the team for online discourse because they had two of their best 
most fun Maverick games that we've seen in a very long time. The Jaden Hardy and Josh Green 29-point game against Utah or that they won without Luka was wonderful and gave a lot of people a lot of hope for where Josh and, and Jaden can go in the future. And then Kyrie's debut went went great. They got a very important win against the Clippers. Kyrie looked like he's been on this team for two or three years. I was actually pretty surprised by how much offense they ran through him and how many new sets they ran that they don't typically run uh, previously in the season. Um, and so it looks like his fit here is going to be pretty seamless. I'd say the only reason the vibes aren't sky high is that they couldn't make an additional trade. But I think the trade market got kind of destroyed by Kevin Durant going to the Suns. And so I, I would have liked to see Christian Wood moved in a trade, but that they that didn't come together. But I think, you know, vibes are mostly good for now. Yeah, I think I'm going to echo Austin. And I think that stems directly from how the Mavericks have looked on the court, how those performances the past two games have looked. I think that if the Mavericks had conceded, you know, 130 points against the Clippers, and granted, the Clippers' new moves were happening, some of those role players looked disinterested, stuff like that. Um, but hey, you could theoretically say the same about the Mavs, and they were better, and they, you know, they both played under those same circumstances. But the Mavericks were good defensively on on uh, on Wednesday in the Kyrie debut. Um, whether they were good or whether the Clippers are, were bad, I think time will tell. But the fact that they didn't leak a bunch of points, that things are, you know, generally pointing optimistically, that Kyrie played in a very specific way that looks, you know, like he he had no desire to come in here and play like Luka Doncic, um, which obviously is how Spencer Dinwiddie has played all season. And I think that's something refreshing and speaks well of how the rest of the season will go. Kyrie Irving obviously has a whole lot of questions about him. I think most of those questions as they relate to on-court basketball success, long-term basketball success in his pairing with Luka, are ones that are going to come up this summer and beyond. Um, you know, the summer if he's resigned and then beyond that. And so, you know, in my role to start really trying to predict and analyze how the rest of the season is going to look, I'm already feeling pretty good and I'm, I'm pretty interested. Uh, you know, like you said, Austin, they're running a lot of stuff that I don't know how much it was just Irving's presence alone and being the off ball mover that he is. Um, you know, not everything was just play. Sometimes it was just more purposeful working out of the elbow. Uh, you know, with Dwight Powell there. And because Kyrie is making, you know, cut after cut after cut. And you know who else does this is Jaden Hardy. You know, if there's one immediate, you know, there, I think there's quite a few similarities between Jaden Hardy and, and and Kyrie Irving just stylistically and how they play. Obviously, Jaden Hardy is a rookie and nowhere close to that. Yes, we know that. But the idea that these two guys can, you know, make space off cuts, um, I'm really curious to see how much this is going to be a offensive directive and, and how much it's going, you know, I'm very curious, of course, to see how it looks with uh, Luca on the court. Um, but it, you know, to the degree that it was, it was the Mavs coaching staff and, and to the degree that it was just, this is how teams play a little bit. You know, this is what it looks like a little bit more when your team has Kyrie Irving. I think it's a mix of those two. And, and the fact that it was already evident on, on Wednesday, I think is really my number one takeaway from, you know, the debut which I think we should stick on and then we can get a little bit more into the trades that did not happen. Yeah. I mean, I think 
and I think I'm going to write about this for Dime Magazine, Kyrie's going to change the way that they play. I think he's the first player they've acquired in the Luka Doncic era that will dictate how they play and change the the style that they play. I mean, we'll, they'll still always fall back on Luka Doncic pick and roll, and he'll still run his uh, a heavy set amount of pick and rolls. But they have they now have another way that they can play, and I think it wasn't just the middle handoffs with Dwight Powell, but even Reggie Bullock. I think he shot three or four threes off of movement where he was coming off of a screen or he was flashing to the corner. And I have not seen him shoot a single shot off of movement, I don't think, all season. And it looked like it really got him into a rhythm. Um, and then also playing Jane Hardy and playing Josh Green more. I think those they're more dynamic players that also allow for that free-flowing style. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Luka adjusts to playing with Kyrie because I think it's going to be more of an adjustment for Luka than for Kyrie. And I think Luke will have to play a little bit more like he played at Real Madrid than he's played in his NBA career. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie has a track record. You know, he's played with somebody so stylistically similar to him in Harden. And Kyrie has a track record of he'll, he knows how to get the pace moving, not just when the other star players are off the floor, but when he is coexisting with someone else. He's very good at kind of finding little gears within that existing set to move forward. And I think that's key because... You know, this is the it's the push and pull of when Jalen Brunson was here. Jalen talked often about how you have to learn how to play off Luka Doncic. It takes a specific type of guy to do that. But and while that's true, I think to a point that isn't necessarily good when everybody is trying to play off of one way and Luka's style of play is very specific and very slow. A lot of the times you need to have different rhythms. You need to have different paces. And I think Kyrie will be a great acid test for. How much does Luca want to adapt? Because a little adaptation is good, right? It's Luca's team. Kid said it as much. We all know that. But there needs to be more gears. If you don't have personnel gears that you can change to, and I don't think they have a lot of, you know, they don't have a lot of the big man types that they need. They don't have a lot of great wing defenders. But at the very least, with the personnel you have, when you have two initiators this good, you should play multiple ways within your offense. You should do multiple things at the court. And I think Kyrie will force the issue there in a way that, you know, like you said, nobody else playing with Luca has been able to thus far. Yeah, a player, you know, over over the past week, there there are now two Mavericks who have created open threes just by faking back cuts. You know, Jaden Hardy and Kyrie have both done that. And, you know, when you talk about cutting, cutting is a skill as well. And, and you know, there's there's one thing to just rolling hard and, and crashing hard. But there's another thing is that, you know, really what we're talking about is dynamic athleticism. And Lucas shows up in a different way where, you know, he will stop and start in, you know, in create different angles. Um, but I think, you know, and I'm kind of just lumping Hardy in here because I think he's had a bit of an effect on how the team has played over the past couple games. I do not think that he's going to be, you know, a relied upon rotation player every night going forward. But to inject this level level of dynamism and, and athleticism and, you know, just pizzazz to a degree, I think has has been why the team has looked a little bit different over the past few games. And I I think that's a a good thing going forward. Like one thing we've also seen is a lot more transition. And I think it's going to get dialed back a little bit from where the Mavericks are. And again, offense isn't inherently their problem. But having, you know, that's one area like you talked about, Mike, where you can add a little bit of a new element. And I think the more elements you have, Jason Kidd referred to the next 30-ish games as a as a uh, you know as a dress rehearsal, uh, you know it is it is meant to win a lot. You know, win as many games as you can, but 
almost equally important. It's to prepare the team for the postseason. And in the postseason, if you only have, you know, the the singular style of play that Luka can play, we saw how far it got them last season. Right. And he tired out. And it was not, it was a style that got them through two rounds. And then Luka, as much as everybody else, but, you know, really the whole team, I think, was worn down and, and, and exhausted. And I think being able to push in different directions, literally push down the court faster, is just something you need in the back pocket. Some games you're going to see it, some matchups you're going to see it more often than you're going to see it in others. But it's important to have that. And I think the transition points and the transition baskets are going to be a bellwether for how they're playing defense because you can only get out in transition if you're getting stops consistently. And I think that's another thing that Kyrie's going to bring to this team. Kyrie pushes the ball. He's great at grabbing and going. He's a kind of an underrated rebounder for his size. And if you're if they're playing defense like they were against the Clippers and you're getting stops, getting steals, getting deflections, you're going to play in transition more. Kyrie's not going to stop them from playing in transition. And if he's playing more minutes with Josh Green, it's another player who was great in transition against the Clippers. It was honestly, it was pretty evident against the Clippers that he, Josh Green was the most athletic player on the floor. And so yeah. it's going to be to their benefit to really take advantage of that, of another advantage that they have on the offensive end. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So what what is this defense missing? You know what are, what are what is realistically the outlook for the rest of the season? Um, Maxi Kleba is coming back, 
probably, you know, sometime after the All-Star break. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about how Luka just doing a little less will make him a little bit better on the defensive end. But this is still a team that was pretty poor this year and lost, you know, one of their three most important defenders. And right now, they don't have replacements for him. We'll see what happens on the buyout market. I do expect the Mavericks to be pretty active there and, you know, very likely add one more player. But right now, I mean, I think I think it's a it's a pretty big question. It's it's the number one question that uh, how good this defense could be that determines whether we actually start talking about can this team contend in the West? Are they are they a candidate to get out of it? Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but as far as what they lack, they unfortunately lack big things. They lack rim protection. They lack at least one high-level wing defender if Reggie Bullock looks like the guy he looked like last night, and it may be two if he doesn't. Uh, and if Josh Green, as he continues to evolve, if he becomes that guy who replaces Dorian as the dude who you sick on the other team's best player, one, he isn't quite as versatile body type-wise, right? Dorian's longer. He's a little thicker. Dorian can really move two through four. I don't think... Josh does that, but Josh is really good with his athleticism of he can guard point of attack offensive initiators. If you're taking him off that role to guard the best wing player, uh, you know, Kyrie, when he's engaged, is a better defender than people give him credit for. But the consistent engagement on that end has always been a question throughout his career. You just you're missing a lot. And so it's going to have to be a situation like last year where you scheme around and you get buy in. But that's been the issue this year, too. Right. It's not as though. Kid has suddenly lost the ability to try different schemes that Sean Sweetie isn't good tactically. It just hasn't worked in the same way. And now, you know, you don't need us to tell you for the umpteenth time that Dorian is gone. So what are they missing? They're missing they're missing a lot of elements there. Um, and now that, you know, I, I think all of us were of the mind that, okay, maybe you flip Wood for more defensive-oriented piece. Now that Wood is here, it really has to be more offense first. So just watching the deadline pass, Austin, what's what's the player? What's the trade? Was there any? that you wish the Mavericks could have got in in on that really would have gone a long ways towards starting to solve, you know, these concerns we have. You know, two guys that went off the board, Matisse Thibel and Gary Payton the second. I think those are the high-level perimeter defenders that they were looking at, but Mavericks just didn't have the assets for that, and I wouldn't give up a first-round pick for either of those players. They didn't have five second-round picks? They did not have five second-round picks, and they didn't have a first-rounder to give for, for Matisse Thibel. And so I, there isn't anybody specifically on that end that I think they missed out on. The, the trade that I was looking for, but they probably couldn't swing, was Christian Wood for Nicholas Batum. I thought that would shore up a lot of their defensive issues and give them a really nice perimeter defender. Um, I think I think most likely now that James Wiseman has gone to the Pistons, that Nerlens Noel will get bought out. I think Nerlens would be a, a nice rotation center, for, especially for the specific s- scheme that Kid wants to run. It's... It's funny from the Clippers game, JaVale played actually some of his best minutes, had three blocks in six minutes and a couple of great rebounds. And it was a reminder that they missed that kind of rim protection, that they don't have that and they haven't had it the entire year. And that he brought it for just a few minutes. It was like, oh, this is something that that they need. They need somebody who's who can scare you at the rim, who can be a deterrent. And I think they need one more wing defender to even just give Reggie and Josh a break. I think if they need a guy who can guard more three fours rather than two or threes, um, but if they can get a guy who can guard three fours and they can get a rim protector, I think they can even out their defense because they won't have to play Wood and Hardaway as much. Do you want that over the idea of a Patrick Beverly, someone you know who 
gives them a tiny bit more ball handling and defensive presence, but is not someone who can scale up. Because a lot of this is going to come down to who's actually available. The buyout market is is not you know a create a player situation. And I, and I, yeah, I, I don't I don't think Beverly is a good solution for them just because Luke and Kyrie are going to play forty minutes a game in the playoffs. There just there just aren't minutes for Beverly trying to really make an impact. They really need a, a wing defender or a rim protector. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, and I th- I think that someone like New Orleans Noel is is like much likelier than a than a competent wing that you would actually want to get postseason minutes to from my quick early perusal of of who is likely or potentially going to be buyout candidates. It's it's again again you know you're you're signing a player if you can get a player who can give you regular season depth that is helpful. Um, if you can get a player who might also be able to play a few postseason minutes in a pinch that's what you're really looking for even if we're talking five to ten that and you know ostensibly you could talk yourself into because all these guys are flawed players right and chances are you know even the ones who help you defensively they're not gonna be great offensively if you're gonna gamble on something you probably gamble on a nerland's noel and finding ways with two of the best creators and passers in the league to unlock him as a roll threat, to attack, you know, unlock him as a lob threat versus whatever you're getting offensively from these one-way wings or, you know, dealing with whatever Pat Bev can give you an offense. Even if I thought I saw he's going back to Minnesota and that's already prearranged, right? But, you know, John Wall isn't going to give them a lot come postseason time. So, yeah, I would at least bet that Luka can find some ways to get New Orleans to not totally kill them as a black hole offensively when he's on the floor. So I think the, the obvious question... And, and as we kind of head into the future is like, what is the ceiling of this team? What is, um, you know, what what do they look like and what are they capable of achieving when Luka Doncic is on the floor with Kyrie? But that hasn't happened yet. It's likely to happen this weekend. All signs point to Luka playing one of these Sacramento games. So let's just hold off on the big question and go small picture. What do you all want to see from the, the Kyrie and Luka debut whether it happens Friday or Saturday or both games, for all we know. I think this is a very small and very, <laughs> it's very dumb, but I think it's also, it can signal what their partnership should be. I want to see Luca cut off the ball, get a layup from a Kyrie pass. That's it, just one time. Luca cuts, gets an open layup or a dunk. I think it's honestly just kind of a bellwether for how their partnership could work. If you can get one or two just open, wide open layups in a game, and that just, that's just going to really help him and help their offense kind of move along. Yeah, I mean, the off-ball movement for Luka is key. I would say beyond that, I'm curious how much, when both of them are available, Dallas can you know can control stretches of play with only one of them around. How much do they have to put them both on the floor together to maintain advantages versus saying, okay, let's stagger the personnel so that we only need them together X number of minutes a night. You know, In theory, that should work, but it's a different matter of practice, even if Kyrie won last night's game in a huge way. I want to see how defenses defend Luka and Kyrie both on the court together. This is something I've been tracking a lot of the year because Luka has a style of play, but really the way he goes about playing the way he does is fully dependent on what the defense does to him because he's equally able to, you know, this is something I talked about a lot. You know, a team did this and it resulted in this. That is how Luka takes it. He, he knows the mathematical advantages he can get if he's seeing doubles, seeing drop coverages, you know, you know, not being doubled. I would be very, very curious if, you know, the first coach and team that is bold enough to send a double at either Luca or Kyrie when they're both on the court together. 
And I I think that, you know, the doubling has been a off and on, you know, it, it's it's been dependent on whether the Mavs make shots. But it's been one of the more effective ways to play Luka. Just say, we're going to gamble that not enough teammates make not enough shots. And I am wondering if that defensive solution, as much as there's any solution to Luka, is now off the table. And I think if it is, that that really speaks to, you know, just, you know, if, if you can go into a playoff series and take options away, and the team basically knows that there's already options taken away from them, that's how you win. That's how you win. That's how you win in the postseason. Is that you know you limit what other teams can even try to do to you. Yeah, and that Luca Kyrie pick and roll, you can't double it. If you double Luca Kyrie pick and roll, you're dead. That's and most teams know that. So as soon as if even if you try to start to double one one of them, because even the Clippers tried to double Kyrie yesterday, they can just easily go to Luca Kyrie or Kyrie Luca pick and roll, and that will be the end of that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which player is uh, scarier catching the ball, you know, headed downhill against a four <laughs> uh, in a in a four three four versus three situation. Yeah, like like take your choice, but there's not there's not good options there at all. No, the offense is going to be fine. There, that's yeah. I, I feel like not many people actually that I've heard really worried about it. But if you're worried about that, no, nah, that's that's the last thing. They'll they'll be they'll be amazing. That's going to be sorted out pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. There's like dozens more topics and things to work through. We're going to be working through them in the coming weeks. Um, this is a uh, that's that's the nice thing about midseason trades. They, they give us a couple months to just continually, um, you know, receive new data points, figure out new storylines, you know, time to explore different uh, things that we want to explore within, you know, this massive trade you know the biggest midseason acquisition dallas has ever made as a franchise we're gonna get to all that right now we're gonna wrap up the pod i've got to check out of my hotel room got to fly to sacramento i'll be there for the luca Kyrie debut i'll be writing off it there's a site uh there's a article on the athletic right now talking about the lack of trade deadline moves and how the mavericks very well may look different uh, just because of, of Kyrie's presence and, and kind of this way he plays stylistically, things we talked about on this podcast. But on that note, um, Austin, thank you. Mike Pellucci, thank you. And we'll see you next week. He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future, the future is Luca, Big Dick Donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you hit? Don't fight the future, it tears me apart. Don't fight the future, please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh my God! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.